Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Me and Oscar are here again to talk about some fights. Uh, when are we not? Uh, but this weekend, we've got some great fights. Uh, a good main event, a really tricky one to pick. Uh, as Oscar notoriously says every weekend, every week usually, a coin flip fight. And he's already told me this is a coin flip fight. So that's interesting. So, Oscar, how's it going over there in... Chicago. Chicago. I was going to say California, but, you know, I always get it wrong. Yeah, last weekend reminded us just how crazy this sport can be. Anybody can beat anybody in any way. It doesn't matter. And this weekend, we're, we've got insane fights. This is a really underrated card. We're going to see Yuri Prohaska and Dominic Reyes go at it in the main event. And with that amount of firepower involved, it's bound to be a coin flip. So which side are you on in this coin flip? Yeah, <laughs> It's a it's a tough coin flip, uh, if you ask me. And you've got the wild stance of you know Yuri Prochatsko, what he's really known for. Uh, we saw that in, in his rising fights where he knocked out CB Dolloway, uh, a, a former UFC middleweight, uh, stepped up two hundred five to challenge Yuri, and that wasn't a very good choice. Uh, and yeah, he's knocked out some good good um, good. Uh, fighters on his record, um, King Mohamed Lawal, uh, he's fought him twice, um, he's he, he's fought some good names, but it was really when he came to the UFC where he wanted to be tested, and uh, in his debut, he got that Volkan Uzdemir fight, and uh, Volkan Uzdemir, you know, he's a, he, he, on his day, he could probably beat, you know, some of the best guys in the world, um, but, you know, Prochaska had his number and uh, put the lights out, and uh, that, that was a tough watch to see, you know, Volkan Uzdemir put out out cold like that it was a it, it was devastating uh but yeah he's wild he's fun to watch he's entertaining which is probably why he's at the main event slot but i'm gonna go with dominic reyes in this fight i think he rebounds uh after the, you know the, 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 the after the um the jan Bohovic, uh fight and the john, john jones fight which is arguably you know not not lost and probably in his head it but mentally that you know that could be a win and uh but you know rebounding, bouncing back again over um, Blahovic and losing so devastatingly in a main event for a title fight. Uh, that, that How is he going to react in the main event versus Yiri? We don't really know. This is where we're going to get a lot of uh, questions answered about Dominic Reyes. You know, will he be able to be a contender again? And the jury is going to answer all those questions. And he's definitely going to put the pressure on Dominic Reyes. But I think he's going to we've, withheld the pressure in the first two rounds from Pro, uh, Prochaska and then Reyes you know, we sort of take over in the later stages. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, we saw Yuri be very wild early in his fight with Vulcan. He actually got tagged by Vulcan early, which is why I was thinking I'm never going to pick this guy to win because this division has a ton of guys that can knock this guy out. But I heard his media day interview and he said, I'm not going to be so wild. I really want to do well in this division. And uh, that makes me a little nervous. But I'm still picking Dominic Reyes to win this because we know this guy. He's fought the best of competition. I'm talking the best. Former champions, John Jones, Chris Weidman, and the guy who beat Adesanya for the first time in MMA, Jan Blahovic. So there's really nothing you can say uh, about Dominic Reyes uh, that will really discourage me from picking him here because the guy was undefeated. Uh, in my opinion, heading into the Yamblachowicz fight. Sure, he got knocked out by the Polish power. Who doesn't? That that guy has so much power in his fist, it'll knock out anybody. And uh, Yuri Prohaska has a ton of power, and I would say it's very comparable to Yamblachowicz. He's got 23 knockouts on his record, 
and only one win of his wins have been by decision. So uh, it's very probable that Yuri could completely put his lights out. But I think Dominic Reyes is going to take a different approach to this fight. He has a lot of excuses for his loss to Yablohovic. He said, I, I had six weeks to prepare. I was preparing I was preparing for John Jones. I changed my camp. There was a lot going on, and uh, he mentally wasn't ready for that fight. And I think if he takes a different approach, uh, if he fights very technically, he's going to get his hand raised because Yiri is going to be focused on the finish, and uh, he might gas out early. We've seen Yiri be very durable. He can take a beating. But um, against Dominic Grace here, I think he could overwhelm him. Uh, this is going to be a very back-and-forth fight, but uh, in the end, I'm picking Reyes at a decision. Because uh, you're talking yeah. about but it's going to be very close. Do you think uh, Reyes can finish him? Um, I, I believe not. You mentioned there, you know, Jerry is very durable. We saw that in the Vulcan Uzdemir fight where he took some heavy shots, heavy, heavy shots from, you know, Vulcan no time Uzdemir. He hits like a truck too. Uh, we've seen him put the lights out of some of the best in the world uh, also. And But, you know, I think uh, Jerry would be able to withstand uh, them punches and be able to move forward. Uh, Jerry has been knocked out in the past, though, by Mohamed Lowal. And uh, that, that, that I just saw that on his record. Uh, maybe that's something we could probably take into account. But that was a very long time ago. Um, so, I, you know, I probably don't see a knockout in this one. Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, Dominic Reyes, uh, UD, United's decision. Uh, I think he's going to take the later stages in this round, uh, in this fight. I, I, I'm presuming he'll start to take over round two. Uh, I, I maybe call round three li li really closely. That I mean, it might be a controversial one. Uh, but round three, four, five. I see the athlete Dominic Reyes taking over. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm a fan of both of these guys. I think Reyes uh, was thinking of the Yamblahovic fight as a victory lap uh, with the John Jones fight. He was looking at it like, I'm just going to go and take what's already mine. And, uh, you know, he was overlooking Yamblahovic, who's a very tough veteran. And I I can really tell that he's not overlooking Yuri here. So the, the different approach for Dominic Reyes, should be enough here, but uh, don't don't be surprised if Yuri straight up flatlines him like he's done to his path in nine opponents. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about an absolute banger of a main event that we're in store with. Uh, I feel like this is a very co-main event worthy. We're talking about Cobb Swanson versus G Giga Shikadze. That is an incredible co-main event. Killer Cobb bouncing back after, what was it, the four-fight uh, four losing streak? Uh, bounced back against uh, Kron Gracie and then actually put the lights out against Daniel Pineda. And then we don't have to talk about Giga Chikadze. Uh, we know how good he is. He's a former glory kickboxer. And I've always said, if you're a former glory kickboxer, you're you're absolutely amazing on the feet. Uh, you've got to have some sort of pedigree to even get into the glory. And uh, this guy came out of glory. So he's he's currently 12-2 and two in his MMA career. Uh, he's, on, he's on a good win streak at the moment. 32 years of age uh, versus the veteran Killer Cub. Uh, I feel like if, um, it, they're both ranked now, actually. Uh, Killer Cub, um, uh, Cub Swanson just got ranked at featherweight because Jeremy Stevens uh, just got you know um, put out the rankings, uh, presumably because uh, maybe he's moving up to lightweight. I, I don't know whether that's a permanent move, uh, but it looks like it. Uh, Cub Swanson, uh, ranked number 15, not off the, off the top of my head. I'm not too sure where G G Giga Jakarze is ranked in the division. Uh, might be 11, maybe 12. He's actually like number that. 14. Number 14. Number 14. Oh, oh. 
Wow. So it's literally basically fighting for their rankings, uh, almost, uh, you could say. Uh, Cobb Swanson versus the, the veteran versus Jigen Kadze. But, you know, we've seen Cobb Swanson look good in his last two fights. Uh, but I'm rooting for the... Uh, the, the youth in this fight, I think Giga Kakadze gets this one done and moves forward in division. This guy is an absolute killer. Absolutely. He was one of the few guys to get four wins in 2020. A lot of guys said, oh, COVID's going on. I'll stay away from the gym. Uh, I'll take it easy. And this guy did not take it easy. In fact, he fought several times during the, the Apex era in the UFC and uh, to be quite frank, his last one was against Jamie Simmons. That was kind of a setup fight, if you ask me. Simmons was very undersized. His stand-up did not did not even compare to Giga's. And uh, that's why that fight was made a week before. So they were expecting uh, just a little showcase for Giga there. And, uh, of course, he did get that knockout. And I told you guys it would be a walk into the park, and it was. Uh, so I really didn't learn much about the guy from the win. But uh, Cub Swanson really did show me a lot in his last fight. I picked against him uh, in that fight. Pineda was very big. He was a, mm -hmm. an, a very aggressive grappler who always chases the submission. And Cub Swanson was able to uh, to avoid those takedowns. And he did get uh, his leg nearly kicked off. You could tell Pineda was, uh, was attacking the injury of Cub Swanson and I would not be surprised if Giga does the same thing here with those leg kicks. He's going to enjoy four-inch reach advantage. Uh, he's got several inches of height on him here. He's a bigger guy. He's got much better striking, if you ask me. He very, he's a very technical striker. Uh, even in the Irwin Rivera fight, he had him badly hurt. He didn't go all Cody Garbrandt on him. He just he stayed composed, and uh, he... He does not go for shots that aren't there, you know. In the Omar Morales fight, Omar Morales came in undefeated, and I actually thought Morales would win because he's got a a, a better ground game, and uh, it really never went there because Giga never allowed it to. So I don't think Cub Swanson, uh, being the older guy who's smaller, I don't think he I don't think he can take it there against Giga, who's got Benil Dariush uh, in his corner for him. So. I think uh, we're going to see Giga Chikase light up Cub Swanson on the feet here and uh, do it from distance. Do you think uh, Cub Swanson has got a shot here? Oh, yeah, 100% he has a shot. If he can manage to get Giga Chikase down to the mat, he has all the shot in the world. But as you mentioned there, uh, the reach advantage, the height advantage, uh, Benil Darush, you know, in his corner. This guy is the best, one of the best BJ practitioners in the UFC right now, this this guy is very, you know, very slick on the ground. Um, we, he's fighting soon against Tony Ferguson. This guy is one of the best uh, we, we've seen at BJJ. And um, that's that's a great guy to have in your corner. And he's a, he has a lot, he's a lot of experience. Um, he's been in there. He knows what to, how to handle the situation. That's a really good guy for Giga Chikarte to have in his corner to talk him through it, uh, to what's happening fight by, uh, play by play. Uh, but... I think Giga Kadze, uh, he's, he's I, I wouldn't say he's more hungrier. But I, I think it, I think it's the youth uh, will really shine through in this fight. I think it's going to be too quick for Cub Swanson. I think he's going to be too maybe too powerful in this one. Uh, his kicks will come up like lightning speed. We've seen how quick his kicks are. Um, I, I, as you mentioned there, uh, Cub Swanson in, in the fight against Pineda, he's got his legs chopped in that fight, and I think Giga Kadze is going to see that. 
and uh, that's going to be an opening for G Giga, and he will chop them legs all day long. Uh, this guy is a phenomenal kickboxer, and um, that's what I fully expect. I, I, I see this one going three rounds, though. I don't see a finish. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure. This one gives me a feeling that this will go three rounds. We'll go to the judges' scorecards, and it's going to be in favor of Giga because Jakarta. Yeah, I actually thought Crone uh, Gracie was going to strangle a couple in the fight just because Crone had so much hype behind him. And Crone uh, Gracie showed that he had really good striking that night. And Crone uh, nearly won that fight. That was a very close fight. It was a fight of the night, and it was very exciting to watch those guys beat the crap out of each other. And uh, I just think Giga Chikaze and Crone Gracie are much different um, in their striking. So, uh, of course, Crone Gracie offered... A, uh, tons of danger for Cub on the ground. Maybe that's why it didn't go there. So uh, that, that might be different, but uh, he didn't wear those shots too well. So Giga probably takes this in in spectacular fashion. Uh, I don't think we'll see a finish, but we'll see many instances where Cub Swanson is, you can see uh, visible damage on his body, particularly his legs, because that's going to be a big target for Giga Hundred percent agree. I think Giga Kaze get get this one done, uh, and it, I think it goes to distance too. I think he you know goes to 15, 15 minutes, uh, but it's going to be an entertaining fight. Definitely watch this one. Uh, Giga Kaze is one to keep the eye on. One hundred forty five pounds, and uh, they've got some really good fight fighters. One hundred forty five, and you know if you just think about the future, this the matchups this guy could have, and think about Yair Rodriguez, Zabi Magomed Sheripov. They are some incredible fights that Giga has the potential in the future, but you know. He has to get past Cub Swanson. I'm sure he's not overlooking him. Uh, but let's move on to the next fight that we have. Ian Kutalaba versus Dustin Jacoby. Another former glory kickboxer on this card. And uh, he's taking on the, the Hulk, uh, Ian Kutalaba, who's on a two-fight losing streak. Uh, well, yeah, that's the only way we should put it. You know, the first fight, you know, he did lose. And the second fight, Magomed Ankalaev put his stamp on it and said, yeah, that wasn't a fluke. He did lose that fight uh, and putting these absolute lights out in that with that tremendous left hook, uh, put the lights out. Dustin Jacoby uh, has since rejuvenated himself uh, after going to bo uh, kickboxing, went over at Glory, had some great success over there and then came back to MMA and you kind of, you know, sharpened up his game a little bit. And now he's back in MMA and he's back in the UFC after I think it might have been a seven year hiatus. Um, it's great to see him back uh, in his last fight against Justin Ledette, who's now a former USC fighter, I think. Uh, definitely, he got released in his last fight. Oh, Maxine Grish Grishin in his last fight. And then one before that was against Justin Ledette. Uh, so, you know, Grishin, um, he lost against Ty Bora. Um, I, can't I can't remember who he beat. Um, but, yeah, um, not much to really take away from that fight. Um, off the top of my head, I remember him striking-wise, Obviously, he was he was brilliant. He looked great. Um, I I Laba. This one's a bit of a tricky one. Who you got, me, Oscar? Of course, we did see Dustin Jacoby get dropped in the first round and nearly finished. I thought mm -hmm. you could have scored that a ten eight, and that fight could have been a draw. That fight was very competitive and close. But uh, later in that fight, we did see Jacoby implement some tremendous. Uh, leg kicks and he could do the same to Ian Kutalaba here but it might be more the same for him in that first round because we know Ian Kutalaba he's a monster he's the Hulk and you gotta feel bad for him he was chasing uh Magomed and Kalaev an entire year and it, it really ended in the worst of ways for him so uh he's gonna 
be looking to bounce back here, but I don't think you should uh, be looking to do that against a guy, Dustin Jacoby, who we said is a former glory kickboxer. He has excellent striking, and he's probably going to piece up Iwan Kutalaba the later this fight goes. Uh, we, we've seen Iwan Kutalaba uh, fade later in fights, uh, particularly you remember that Glover to share fight where he had Glover in oh serious God, trouble. Yeah. And Glover bounces back and gets the finish. It could be uh, very similar to that. Um, we've seen good cardio from uh, Jacoby, except in his contender series debut. He was so tired from throwing every punch uh, possible against uh, Ty Flores in that fight. Uh, he did get tired, but uh, a guy like Ewan Kutalaba probably will go away. Uh, we're going to see a really good finish in the first finish of uh, Jacoby's career here. And he's going to show that he's ready for a ranked opponent. And uh, a guy that he already called out, Jimmy Crute. If he wins this, I think he deserves uh, the Jimmy Crute fight after this. That's a great fight. Great matchup between some, you know, two hot prospects. Uh, Jimmy Crute coming off against the Anthony Smith loss, but then, you know, that, 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 that's a great learning curve for Jimmy Crute. He'll definitely come back stronger. He, this guy has tremendous potential. Uh, so does Justin Jacoby. Even though he's in the late stage of his career, almost what, 33 years old now, uh, Ian Kutalawa, you know, still 27. I feel like this guy's been around for so long. Uh, he's been in the UFC for ages, but I'm not too sure off the top of my head when his debut was, but it felt like he's been around for, for, for ages. And maybe the experience might come into play, but let, let's, let, let, let that be. He said, Dustin Jacoby has had a lot of experience too. This guy's been around. Uh, he's, he's kickboxed some of the best kickboxers in the world, um, fought some of the best MMA fighters in the world. So I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I see Justin Jacoby keeping this one at range. Um, uh, Ian Kutalaba, you know, have we seen, you've seen the Hulk. That's his nickname. Uh, if you see him at weigh-ins, he's always aggressive. Uh, I think in that first round, he will come out aggressive. Uh, would it surprise me if maybe he clips Justin Jacoby and, and we've seen a, a kind of a repeat of the Grisham fight. Uh, Jacoby, you know, kind of um, gets knocked down, but comes back in that second and third round. Uh, this guy's got a lot of durability. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe in the first round we see Jacoby get clips and, you know, Ayn Kutalaba, uh, you know, fading away in that second and third round. Uh, Justin Jacoby taking over with his kicks and his punches that sticking at range, not letting Ayn Kutalaba get close to him. Uh, that's how I see the fight going. Uh, but yeah, if you do us win it, that Jimmy Crute fight is definitely a fight that I would love to see. I definitely entertain that. Yeah, another fight I definitely want to see. Sean Strickland and Christoph Jocko. Strickland has looked like a million bucks since he returned from that motorcycle accident, I believe it was. Um, that was a scary little incident there for him. And I had a lot of doubts about him coming back up. Uh, for the Jack Mushman fight where he was going up a weight class and he was coming off a long way off, but he looked excellent. So excellent in the third round, he started uh, talking to his opponent saying, I'll give you a chance to win. Just come forward. He was that confident. He was very loose. And uh, when he went to 195 pounds to fight Brandon Allen, who is a, who's a grappler, Allen uh, was having uh, somewhat of a competitive striking match with him. Allen uh, did not fight smartly that night. Um, and, uh, of course, Strickland took advantage of it. And we saw Allen fade in the second round, and he got knocked out. And that was very impressive to me because I did think Allen would strangle him. That was not the case there. And uh, Strickland uh, continues to be on a, a hot streak here. And he only has a 22-3 and record, only losing to, uh, uh, Dos, I believe, uh, Dos Santos, who was on a seven-fight win streak at uh, – well, to wait uh, 
unfortunately, that ended up by Ling J. Liang's hand. No shame in that. Um, also, Ponzinibbio and the champion, Kamaru Usman. So you can't blame the guy at all for those losses. Uh, Jocko, on the other hand, he does have some really tough setbacks on his record. You see right there, he's lost two of his last five to uh, Uriah Hall. Tough loss there. And Brad Tavares as well. Both the knockouts. So it would not completely shock me to see Sean Strickland put him out because we've seen somewhat of a shady chin from Jotko. And uh, soon after those losses, he did fight a UFC newcomer, Mark Andre, Mark Andre Berrelt in Canada. And I thought that was a for sure win for Jotko. And what happens there, it's a split decision. And uh, I thought you could have given that fight to Mark Andre because uh, Andre was actually able to control him in the clinch uh, at some points. Uh, but that's not what Sean Strickland will do here. He's going to light him up on the feet, and he's going to look really good doing it. Um, and he could get, uh, he could possibly get Uriah Hall after this fight because Dana did mention Uriah Hall deserves a quick turnaround after being the only fighter to never throw a strike and win the fight. So uh, that could be next for Sean Strickland. Uh, we're going to see a really good fight here um, on Sean Strickland's part because I, I think the world's of the guy right now. I absolutely agree with you. That's the only way I see this fight going. Uh, you mentioned there, Jocko's been knocked out in the past against Roy Hall and Brad Tavares. And I think Sean Strickland, you know, in that first round, pieces him up really bad. And in the second round, you know, really puts his lights out, uh, maybe finishes up against the fence that like he did against uh, Allen. Uh, but yeah, this guy's his his punching, his striking accuracy is incredible. His 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 volume is incredible. Uh, his he's just he's just really good on the feet. Um, but you know that that's the only way I see it going is uh Sean Strickland really putting some damage on Jocko in this fight and you know piecing him up on the feet. It's going to be a great fight. Excited to see Sean Strickland back and uh, that fight with Uriah Hall that definitely makes a lot of sense if he wins this. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, another fight that made a lot of sense for a long time. Rob DeWatch, Willie, and Cody Stamen. We got two of the best wrestlers in the Bantamweight division going at it. And uh, while uh, Cody Stamen actually has stayed away from the Bantamweight division for a little while here, he's took some fights at featherweight um, against other Bantamweights. Um, this could be a tough cut for him coming back, but um, Rob is huge, man. This guy's big. He loves to use that size to outgrapple guys in spectacular fashion. What he did to Casey Kenny will not leave my mind. Casey Kenny is a, a really good judoka. He's a black belt in judo. And what he did to Casey Kenny was very impressive. I think he got like 12 takedowns on him. Just crazy statistics on the Marab side here. Uh, I believe he landed, what was it, 0.4% of all takedowns in 2020. Or some, something crazy. Um, there's nothing... Uh, that doesn't really impress me about Marab. His cardio looks like it's uh, improving because uh, you did see in that Ricky Simone fight, uh, he was so tired at the end uh, from being stuck in that key team. They thought he had passed out, but in my opinion, he did not pass out. Um, and that fight should be run back at some point, possibly after this. But also, I did say Ricky Simone could be fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley. He did say uh, you could be uh, surprised by what you hear about Sugar Sean's next matchup, but another guy who was calling out Sugar Sean was Marab. And Marab will be a nightmare matchup for anybody whose wrestling is not on point. And uh, Cody Stamen's wrestling is on point, but I think Marab is even better on the ground than him. So I think he can ragdoll him. He can probably uh, outstrike him here. 
Though Cody Stamian in the fight with Jamie Rivera, he was actually hanging on the feet with him. He was using a, a jab uh, quite effectively, but uh, we actually saw Jamie Rivera take him down. So if Rob does it here and does it for three rounds quite easily, uh, I won't be surprised. Do you think this fight will be close because Rob's a two-to-one favorite? Yeah, I think this fight is going to be really close. I think in the um, in the first round we see maybe a striking affair. Uh, both men cancel each other out. Um, uh, maybe Cody. St- I give the edge to Cody Stammen on the feet. Uh, as you mentioned there, in Jimmy Rivera fight, he was using the jab really well, um, but unfortunately didn't get the nod that night. But Marab did really. This guy's incredible. The guy's relentless. I think in the first round he'll throw a lot of strikes, maybe not connect, and in the second round he'll go. They'll go back to the corner, go back to the stool, and then Ray Longo will get in his ear and say. Marab, we need to get back to basics, and then he'll get back to basics, and then he'll find success. I think he's he's a much better wrestler than uh, Cody Stammen. So Cody Stammen is an incredible wrestler, but Marab, I just think he's on a different level. I think he's just incredible. Uh, this guy has got a lot of potential. One hundred thirty-five pounds. <clears throat> we saw him on the uh, Dana White looking for a fight. Uh, that's when he got his contract. Uh, came to the UFC. Um, and then, you know, obviously in, in the first two fights, uh, he didn't have success, but since then rebounded back, uh, looking like a great hot prospect at 135 pounds. I'm excited to see where he goes. And, uh, Cody Stanman versus Marab is a great matchup. It's a great fight. It's going to be a good test for Marab, but I think Marab gets it done. Yeah. Uh, I really think Marab is on his road to the top five in this division. He's got the tools to get it done. Any doubt I had about Marab was a race in the Jock Dotson fight, who I think Jock Dotson can still hang with the best of him. What he did to uh, Nathaniel Wood was impressive. So Marab just going out there and getting the 30-27 there was exactly what I needed to see for me to pick him um, against guys like Cody Stamen. And uh, moving on, we got, yeah, Poliana Botejo against Luana Carolina. Uh, Botejo is coming off the lock. Jillian Robertson, where she showed that when she's on her back, she's kind of a fish out of water. She really couldn't do anything to get up. She couldn't really do uh, anything uh, that would scare Robertson, of course, uh, from an offensive standpoint. And uh, Carolina, her biggest claim to fame is getting knee barred by uh, Ariane Lipsky. So (laughs) this is a a tough fight uh, to look at uh, when you're thinking about uh, UFC level competition, because you could argue that Luana isn't. Uh, Pollyanna is a good enough striker to hang with a lot of the girls in this division. But this is a hard fight to pick. But Pollyanna's going to be meaner. She's going to be in her face. And she's probably going to avoid getting taken down here. This could be a split decision top fight. But we're going to see her get bullied here, honestly. Uh, this is not going to be a fun night for either one. Because both are going to be in compromising positions. Uh, do you think... Uh, Pollyanna could knock her out here because we have seen her uh, land a large barrage of strikes, and some people actually thought she could finish Jillian when they fought. Yeah, if you're looking at this fight, this fight is definitely going to the distance. Um, as I say, never bet on a women's fight to get finished unless they are the elite of the elite, you know, in that in that division. Uh, it, it, otherwise, it just it just doesn't really make any sense because you know, some of these some of these girls don't really possess. Uh, that that power, no disrespect to them, but just don't really, you know, possess that power that you know some of these great women's, uh, great women's, uh, some of these great girls at the top of the division uh, do possess. Uh, but in this fight, I'm going with Pollyanna uh, uh, Batolo. In this fight, I think she gets this one done. Um, 
uh, uh, as you mentioned in her last fight, she's kind of a fish on the water on, on, on off her back against Jillian Robertson. But Jillian Robertson is a tremendous uh, black belt in her own right. Uh, she, she, you know, she trained over uh, did, did with Din Thomas. Uh, but I think she gets this one to the ground uh, against Leona Carolina. I think she's going to go for that in. I think if you look at the height, the reach advantage is actually is in favor of Loana Carolina, but the height advantage is Pollyanna Batola. So that's an interesting one. We've seen the long limbs of Carolina. That's what ultimately got her trapped in that knee bar versus um, who was Lipsky. Lipsky, Lipsky, which is one of the, you know, if not maybe the submission of the year in 2020. Uh, it, it was incredible. Uh, but yeah, actually, I'm going rev- to go back and forth on this pick. It, this, this was so hard to choose. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Pollyanna Batola and a good decision. Yeah, that's a, that's a likely outcome here. Uh, let's transition to these prelims because uh, in the first fight, uh, you know, headlining the prelims, we do have another women's fight that I expect to go to the judges as well. We have Brandon Marcos and Luana Pinheiro. Uh, Marcos has had a tough time in the UFC, but let's not forget she's gotten wins against decent competition, including the champion Carla Esparza and uh, Felice Herrig. Uh, she's she's only lost to really good fighters, you know. She submitted Angela Hale. She has lost to uh, Murata Dern. And who was it before that? Um, just uh, not an easy time for Marcos, who you got to give her credit. She'll fight anybody, absolutely anybody. Um, but she just falls short against the elite competition. And you want to talk about elite competition. That's not what Luana Pinheiro has been fighting. Let's check out those records right there. Um, it's just it's not pretty at all. She fought a girl who was 8-6 and six on the Contender Series. And it was not, it was just a complete blowout on the feet. Hence why she got the first round knockout. She's actually been getting a ton of first round finishes in the last couple of fights. And uh, Marcos, uh, she's very comfortable going to the judges. Uh, and I think that's what happens here. We're going to see Marcos uh, have a wrestling advantage and avoid getting on board like a Pinheiro does to the lower level competition. So we're going to see Pinheiro stuck on her back and uh, a win for. Brandon Marcos, who has a very uh, tough record, that's 10-10-1. and 1. That's not good at all. Um, if she loses this, the UFC is probably going to kick her out because it's not it's not a record you want to have on your roster. So this is a uh, do or die for Brandon Marcos, and I think she'll uh, thrive here, especially after she went to uh, Travis Luter's gym to improve. Hundred percent. Everything you said there is uh, pretty much spot on. Uh, you're choosing Randa Marcos in this fight, but I'm going to ride the wave and uh, potentially bite the bullet. I'm going to go with Liana Pena Herio. Uh, that one was a bit weird to pronounce, but yeah, I'm going to go put Liana in this one. Because um, primarily the, the youth. I'm going to go with that. She's 28 years old. Randa Marcos, tw- uh, 30, almost 36, on a free-fight losing streak. Uh, it's, it's not looking good for her. And if she loses one, she'll potentially cut from the UFC. And uh, I think this is, uh, that's how it's going to go. I think we're going to see Luana uh, maybe not pick up a fast submission. Uh, she's stepping up in competition uh, throughout the whole fights uh, who she's fought. Uh, I think maybe a third-round submission from Luana after... After some grinding out in the f- the first and second, uh, but I'm going to ride the wave and bite the bullet in this one. Uh, but please don't bet on this one if you're if you're betting on this one. This one is this really could go e- either way. 
Yeah, if you're going to bet anything, bet it to go to the judges. Uh, but the next <laughs> one between uh, Gabriel Benitez and uh, Jonathan Pierce, I don't think this one's going to the judges. Uh, Pierce hasn't gone to the judges since 2017. And we just saw Benitez finish a guy who's very tough at Justin James in the first round. So this this is going to be a very fun one. Uh, we know what Benitez brings to the game. Even though he has like nine submissions on his record, this guy's a really good striker. His kicks are very hard. In fact, um, we always like to mention this. Uh, Javier Medes says he's the hardest kicker. He's held pads for, and that guy's held pads for some of the greatest kickers of all time. Uh, Pierce, right there, uh, he did get that win over Kaikamaka, the third who's on this card. Um, he got that second round at Grand Pound, and he really impressed me there because I thought he was on his way out of the UFC after his debut was spoiled by a, a Joe Lozon who was way over the hill. So once uh, over the hill, Joe Lozon gets to finish you in the first round. I, I probably will never pick you again, to be honest, unless I see some uh, huge improvements. So uh, Benitez should be able to knock him out here with a spectacular head kick. Uh, I say in the first round or, or in the second round because his striking will overwhelm him because Joe Lozon's striking was able to overwhelm him. It's not a case here where... Uh, where uh, Benitez is just terrible on the ground because he can submit guys. Uh, earlier in his career, he was having a tough time with that, but Pierce is just doesn't have that kind of overwhelming grappling like Marab to take it there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pitch perfect uh, uh, and an analyze that you've put on that, on that fight. And you, you said Gabriel Benitez, according to Javier Hernandez, is one of the hardest, or if not the hardest kicker uh, that he's had to have had for. And if you if you're listening to that, you know that that, that just that just I don't know fears strike into your eyes. Uh, someone who would know a lot about that is Justin Jaynes. Uh, the knee to the body uh, ultimately finished that fight, uh, but a lot of uh, you know his kicks are very powerful, as we mentioned. Uh, drop it down to 145 pounds. Uh, he previously fought 145. A brief stint at 155, but now back down to 145. Uh, so uh, in this one, I'm going to go with Gabriel Benitez. Um, I'm going to go for a finish quite early on. I think the kicks are going to land early. Uh, I think they're going to clip him in the ribs, and we're going to see Jonathan Pierce maybe drop uh, via a body kick, and uh, John, John, uh, Gabriel Benitez finishes out with, uh, with, with strikes. Uh, but you know, this guy Jonathan Pierce is no joke. He's got that. He's got. He's tall. He's six foot. He's got that reach advantage, only but half an inch, but it, it, that, that won't really pay a factor in this fight. Uh, but he's got that reach advantage, uh, the height advantage. I mean, he's, he's six foot compared to five foot eight. Um, yeah, not, 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 not much to really talk about this fight, but I think Gabriel Benitez gets this one done in the first round, and we're going to see a TK. Yeah, another, uh, the next one is another matchup between uh, two uh, bright prospects, uh, Kai Kamaka third. Of course, he just lost to our guy, JSP, uh, that we just talked about. And he uh, he's fighting uh, TJ Brown, who's not having who's not had an easy time in the octagon at all. Danny Chavez was able to pick him apart. And I really expected a guy like uh, TJ Brown, who's who's really who's really good on the ground, uh, especially coming from that uh, glory MMA camp with James Cross. Man, James Cross's guys fight nearly every weekend. That guy's uh, working overtime. Um, Kakamaka third. Even though this guy loves to strike, loves loves to bang. Uh, his debut was against Tony Kelly. He had Tony Kelly hurt a couple times there. He's never gotten a knockout 
on his record. So uh, I don't think he'll be able to do that here, but the disparity in the power here will probably um that'll probably give him the win here against T.J. Brown, who who's good on the ground, but just just has not shown it against the best of competition. He's one of these guys uh, from the Contender Series that uh that who of course he won in the Contender Series, but right after that you saw him lose a couple, uh, possibly uh telling you that contender not end all be all when it comes to uh, thriving in the UFC. So I'm going with Kaikamaka here, but it's not confident at all. TJ Brown can 100% take it to the ground, just like JSP did. So um, this is a tough one to pick. Who, who are you signing here? I'm going with Kai, your boy Kamaka. I was going to say, hey, Eric, your boy Anders. But no, Kai, your boy uh, Kamaka, this guy is a... Uh, uh, I've had the pleasure to talk to him before. Uh, he's very humble, very good to talk to, and you know, and uh, I'm going to root for him in this one. Uh, only young, only 26 years of age. Uh, he, he's got a lot of a bright future in front of him. Uh, he's five foot seven compared to five foot nine of TJ Brown. Uh, TJ Brown got that reach advantage. If he could keep it at range, was you know that reach advantage can really play a massive factor. But I see uh, Kai Kamaka, you know, maybe uh, getting inside, dirty boxing, uh, TJ Brown, and uh, but Kai Kamaka loves a scrap. He's Hawaiian, who you know. That's all you really have to say. These Hawaiians do love a scrap. The loots are getting there, get, you know, just throw punches. And uh, that could be his biggest downfall, though, in the fight. Uh, if he gets caught into this game too much with TJ Brown, he could get clipped, could get taken down. Uh, it's, it, it's a lot of risks uh, of, you know, having a, having a scrap, uh, standing and trading. Uh, but I think I come back and, you know, sorts that out and, you know, maybe picks, uh, picks TJ Brown apart for 15 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, we did see TJ Brown get picked apart by Danny Chavez. Uh, Kakamaka loves to take those risks and um, just throw those hands. And I think he'll score enough points to get the judge's decision. Um, the next one up, we got Loma Lukabunmi and Sam Hughes. I'll be showing sweet with this one. Loma has about 100 Muay Thai fights. <laughs> you know, over in Thailand, they love to fight nice and young. And uh, that's what she did uh, in the experience in MMA may not be uh, massive, but uh, that Muay Thai experience is going to play a big factor here. And that striking is very impressive. In her fight with Jimmy Frey, when she, whenever she got her in the clinch, it was it was straight up a beating. So I think that's what she does to Sam Hughes here, who who lost her debut against Tisha Torres. No shame in that, but uh, that was a doctor stoppage. I believe she said she couldn't see out of her left eye. She immediately regretted it. And uh, Loma Lukbumi could also stop her here because you know with those elbows, they'll cut her up very easily. And um, Loma's, Loma's just going to have an awesome showcase here. Um, and Sam Hughes might be on her way out after this. Um, she's very young. Uh, the type of competition she fought was not impressive at all. Uh, this is not this is not going to be a fun night for Sam Hughes. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it right there. Um, there's not much to uh, break down on the Sam Hughes side. Uh, her game plan heading into that fight with um, Tisha Torres was to pin her up against the fence, and that's really not smart against uh, somebody like Tisha Torres, who's very physically strong, who will just reverse that on you and uh, take you down. But if Sam Hughes does get this to the ground, I still think uh, that Loma wins because uh, she can get some elbows going off of her back, and uh, every fight stands, every round starts on the feet, so. Loma, Loma will get her in the clinch and beat her up. That's about as uh, simple as it is.
Mm-hmm, 100%. You mentioned there the Lomas, you know, her Muay Thai record, 100 plus fights. Uh, if you're fighting in Muay Thai, you're from Thailand, you're fighting in Muay Thai, you're fighting it, literally, I don't know what it is, probably every week, every, you know, every month. It's incredible. Uh, they, they fight so regularly over there. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And uh, as you mentioned there, I think, yeah, Luma Lukba gets this one uh, into the into the clinch. She gets Sam Hughes and, um, you know, just puts on a beating uh, on her inside the clinch. Uh, she has that loss against Angela Hill. Uh, Angela Hill, you know, she's she's a great Muay Thai fighter herself. Um, but yeah, um, that, that that was a good learning experience for her fighting such an experienced fighter in Angela Hill. Uh, but you know, Sam Hughes is you know, not as experienced. Uh, same record, five and two, both women. Um, Luma Lukba also, you know, she, she's five foot one, sixty-two reach advantage. Um, this is this is a tricky one to to, to choose, uh, but I, I'm going to have to go with a confident pick with Loma. I think she gets this one done. Uh, she's going to be nasty inside them clinch and, and then raise her elbows and light her up inside the clinch. Then real elbows will come over the top and then absolutely cut her open. And um, we might even see another doctor stoppage. Yeah, absolutely. Those elbows uh, from her were very gnarly against Shane Ufray, and she'll get the judge's decision here. Um, we know the PFL is airing right now. We don't want to keep guys for too long. We'll just uh, wrap mm-hmm. up with these next two prelims. We got Andres uh, Mikolaitis against KB Bolar. Bolar had a terrible debut. He got knocked out in under two minutes by Tom Breeze. He got completely pieced up by that jab. That was a stellar performance by Tom Breeze. And uh, I think Mikolaitis is going to have another stellar performance here. He's Got a lot of power in his hands. Of course, he had a tough debut against your boy, uh, Modestus Bacalxis. And uh, who really doesn't have a tough fight with Modestus? That guy has a lot of uh, power in his hands as well, so they really couldn't trade uh, as easily. But I don't think uh, Mikhailidis is going to respect KB, especially after he got dropped by a draft. So I think he's going to let his hands go early and get the first-round knockout. KB has a good ground game, but... There's just not a lot of tape on this guy. He hasn't fought the best competition. Uh, I've said that a ton times on this card, but uh, when you haven't shown your skills against the best of competition, it's it's kind of hard to pick you. So uh, we're going to see an early knockout here for Mihalitis. And uh, it's pretty surprising that this guy uh, fought at light heavyweight. He's only six feet tall. He's back uh, where he belongs at middleweight, and uh, it's going to be a good win for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned there back at back, back at middleweight, uh, fought a lot heavyweight in his debut. Back at middleweight now, uh, back where he belongs. And, and as you mentioned, uh, as you said, there he's going to get that. You know, we've seen KB Buller in his last fight. You know, get dropped via jab and uh, finished off the hammer fists. And uh, I think in this fight, you, you kind of put a nail on the head. I think uh, he's not going to really respect the power and come in swinging and clip him early. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, in the next one, in the opening fight of the night, we do have Luke Sanders against Felipe Corrales. And I was very shocked to see Luke Luke Sanders as a favorite here because he was enough. He was a favorite in his last fight against Nate Manis, and he did uh, did have some success early on. But we actually saw Nate Manis being the one to clip him and eventually submit him here. So we're gonna see a club and sub here by Felipe Corrales. This guy's got really good kickboxing, and uh, he's got most of his wins by submission. So this is exactly the kind of guy I want to fight Luke Sanders because uh, Luke Sanders has shown poor fight IQ and submission defense in the past. So this is this is going to be a really good win for the underdog, Felipe Corrales, uh, who's going to be able to uh, stick around longer in the fight uh, than Luke Sanders. 
Luke Sanders actually faded in the first two minutes and 30 seconds of the second round. So uh, a guy like Corrales, who does have a third round submission on his record, that's tailor made for him to win here. And he'll choke out uh, Luke Sanders and maybe give him his walking papers in the UFC. Wow. Wow. What a breakdown from Oscar. Uh, that's exactly, uh, to be honest, that's exactly how the fight's going to go. I, I, I think, I think Luke Sanders was to get rocked early and, uh, the submission will come in against Felipe and, uh, eventually, you know, put, uh, some, maybe put his lights out in the, on, on his back and, uh, we'll see the end of the fight. And Luke Sanders, as you said, there might get the walking papers after this, uh, beat a legend side of the Oxcon, remember how, remember how, uh, but you know, We've seen him uh, lose against um, Nate Manus, and uh, I think he, you know, loses back-to-back -back fights here. And we see Felipe uh, get that submission win, and I think he'll get it early. I think he keeps Luke, uh, uh, Luke Sanders early and gets that submission. Yeah, that, after that last fight, that's the last time I'm picking Luke Sanders. <laughs> well, that, that that pretty much wraps it up uh, for UFC Fight Night: Reyes versus Prochaska. A great weekend of fights, great main event, an absolute stellar. Uh, co-main event, uh, which I'm definitely going to be tuning in for. Uh, PFL's right on, on right now. If you're not watching that, I may watch it after the live stream. And uh, we hope you have a good fight this weekend. Uh, we hope there's some great fights. Everyone enjoys the weekend. And um, peace and love from me and Oscar. A very goodbye. We'll see you next week.